and welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. During last week's session, the party, while still recovering from Fwarthus's sudden disappearance, continued their travel down the side of the mountains in the Glacius Spine Mountain Range. During this leg of their travel, however, they tried, and intentionally or otherwise, to distract themselves from their otherwise oppressive thoughts. Snowball fights, amongst other distractions, were had, and the party continued down the mountain to, until they finally saw the rooftops of the distant village they had been seeking since they first arrived on this mountain. As they approached the, the village, Shatten managed to spot, with her keen senses, a very small blue goblin, who after signaling from... who after... Ah, fucking English. Who, after hearing a signaling from Gurn, decided to return the signal and revealed himself as Kint, Gurn's adoptive brother, a small, two-foot-tall, blue-skinned goblin. After a few interesting interactions in the exchange of animal teeth and otherwise merchandise, the party discovered that the goblins in this town tend to scavenge the mountain range for people who have fallen, taking their goods and trying to trade them for other goods. However, it was mentioned that they are not allowed in towns, so coin is of very little use to them. After doing a little bit of trade, the party managed. The party followed Kent to one of the abandoned barns, where the horde of goblins were throwing a banquet of a couple of fallen young mammoths they had found on the side of the mountain. While Vice stood atop a rotisserie mount, playing his lyre and putting on a show, the party discussed amongst themselves how they got here, just in general, not just from the mountain. As everybody began to settle down for the night, the party broke apart, Gurn returning to rest with his adoptive family of goblins, Moss and Shatten sneaking off to their own room to try to rest and have a short conversation regarding Forthus. Vice and Selene went to their own room as well, in which Vice began to admit that he's not entirely sure what he is. Shortly thereafter, the party as a whole fell asleep with warm food in their stomachs and unease in the air. Vice. You find yourself in your nightmare once more. The path before you is no longer broken rubble and mouse skulls, but a frozen wasteland. You walk along a path of ice and tundra. You see, you can hear waves gently breaching the shore to your sides, but you can hear the crackle of ice within. Everything around you is frigid and cold 
You cannot hear much beyond the blowing winds and a creeping. And, and as you look around into this dense, dense thicket of fog, you find it very difficult to see further in. But you know this is the landscape of your nightmare. But it's shifted. What would you like to do? I'm going to attempt to cast a spell. Okay. What are we going for? We're going to attempt to cast... Um, Let's attempt to cast Dancing Lights. Okay. And... Assuming it goes off, I'm going to actually channel them to my own hand. Just as four small orbs. Okay. And I'm going to send them up straight into the air to see how far the fog, like how dense the fog is, how far I think they get before they can't be seen in the fog anymore. Oh, okay. So you're essentially testing the depth of the fog. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you managed to cast this cantrip and summon the four. Are you, are you summoning all four? Yeah. All right. You summon all four of your pale yellow glowing orbs of light. You look at them kind of swirling in your hand, giving off a soft, gentle candlelight. And you gesture your hand just a little bit, and they fire up into the sky. And as they go up, they get 20, 30, 40... 50 and they're gone. Okay. Once they're once I can recognize that all four are gone, I'm going to return them back to my hand and just kind of hold them out in front of me like I was carrying a tray. Okay. And walk forward down this path. Let me give you a little extra light for having cast Dancing Lights. As you traverse this path, where you once knew was a lake of boiling acid, the smell of rotting corpses, all of this is gone. You smell the humidity in the air. You feel the weight of the water building on your skin and your clothes. And as you look down, to the ground where once there was a carpet of small animal bones and skulls these bones are still present they are frozen into the earth itself but they are much larger will you continue forward you said that it's a wire's edge next to me Yes, on either side of this path is the water's edge. There is partially frozen water lapping against the shoreline. With each crash of these small waves, the ice crackles and crumbles as it folds over itself. Okay. I'm going to take a step to either shore, or to rather to both of the, of the shores here, and find like a almost a hole in the ice. Okay. And I'm going to identify where both of those places are. And then I'm going to 
attempt to send my lights in one side and see how like I'm I'm basically testing to see if this is a land bridge or if this is like what's the best way to describe you're this? looking if this is for a solid a land bridge yeah if I'm trying to find out if this is a solid land bridge or if this is like frozen over but harder if that makes sense I want to know if there's a sh like an edge to this or if this is just water underneath me Okay. Yeah, you send your dancing light into this crack in the ice, into the actual water, and as it travels down, it goes straight down. There is no slope, there is no sand. What you are walking on is a land bridge of some form. It is a frozen mass, but there is no slope. When you do this, do you touch the water? Um, no, I'm trying to stay as far away from the water as I possibly can. Okay. Uh, just due to the temp the temperatures in the air, I know how cold frozen water is, and how cold that like how that can like freeze my core. So I'm gonna stay okay. as far away from that as possible. All right. And recall my lights again and continue a little further forward okay can I see the north shore from here can I make out what this particular thing is as you look across the water's edge you see a pronounced pile of bones on the adjacent section of land they appear to be humanoid. Do any of the bones beneath me in the frozen ground look humanoid? Uh, roll perception. Fuck you, nice. Eleven? Uh, some of them appear to be humanoid. The rest are too dismantled to tell exactly what they may or may not have come from. Um, I'm going to say out loud to anyone or anything that can hear me. You have to be here. Where are you and what do you want with me? Uh, I would like you to roll persuasion. 16. A rumbling voice echoes out from the waters beneath you, calling out a question you have been asked many times in this nightmare. So I can hear that that came from the water below me. You can hear that that came from the water around you. Almost as Listen. if the water itself was speaking to you. 
Sorry, I'm trying to think here. Trying to think of what? I'm trying to think uh, in er, as a player. I'm trying to think what Vice would do okay. if he would start. To my lose my his concern patient. is that the audio clip didn't come through. No, 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 that came through. Okay. I'm trying to think as as to whether Vice would lose his patience at this point or not. I don't think he would just yet. Um, Vice is going to send his dancing lights to either side of the water after hearing the voice emanating what seems to be from it mm-hmm. just so he can see like better with that or like better anything that's in front of him. I uh, can't okay. really see behind him and press forward just a few more feet. As you step forward with your dancing lights spread you watch as one of them reaches to the adjacent area of fog and the light disappears within the water droplets hanging in the air. But then you see a sparkle, a shine. Your dancing light begins to spread and glow and grow as the light is refracted and and reflected off of each tiny droplet hanging in the air. And your one dancing light that touched the fog spreads across this area, and you can now see clearly through this fog. A winding path lays before you, moving through a vast ocean. And at the end of this path, you can only just make out the figure of a man standing in the dense fog only only just visible in this dense haze i see where or could you could you show me where i see that figure okay got it thank you As you continue to walk forward, you begin to see more piles of bones. They have begun to overflow from this land bridge, and you see some sets of bones floating within the water around you. What? I would like to check my own knowledge here and see if I know if bones float. I will check your knowledge with a uh, special postulation. Bones can float depending on the density of the fluid in which they are lain. I'm going to check my knowledge and see if I know if bones float in water. No, I'm leaving that statement at that. So Vice knows that bones can hypothetically float in some things. What's Vice's intelligence score? Uh, 12. Vice would know an amount. 
he knows that it would take a bit. Uh, larger bones would have difficulty floating in water. Would Vice know that human or human bones sink? Because Xander knows human bones sink. Yeah, Vice would probably know that. I'm gonna step closer to the water after seeing that there's bones floating in what looks like water. And I'm gonna step. Oh god, I hate this. I'm gonna step close enough to the shoreline that I can try to reach out. And I hate it. Vice is going to step to the shoreline and reach out and try to grab one of the bones. Okay. Uh, Make a flat dexterity check. I assume you're trying to do this without touching the water. Does a five pass? Five does not. As you reach your arm forward, trying to grab one of these, any of these bones knowing that humanoid bones should sink in water. You reach out and you grab one of the bones, and as you tug on it, you find that the rest of the bones around it are tugged as well, and you realize that this is not purely water. There is a layer of ice beneath it that these bones are trapped in. But as you pull this backwards, the water splashes at your feet a bit and your boots get wet. You stand back up in a mild moment of panic. Oh crap, I just touched the water. What's going to happen now? But you feel no different. voice echoes out again, asking you, who are you? And as you look around trying to find a source of this voice, you catch a glimpse of your own hand, and you can see through it. As you look down at your flesh, you look in and it's as if you are a translucent sack of meat filled with flowing water. Um, For lack of a better comparison, think of a transparent water balloon. You look, you pull your sleeve back a little bit, you look down at your forearm, and you can see water flowing up and down, moving in and out. You are rigid in form, but there is constant motion of fluid as you look through yourself. And a voice calls out to you. Who are you, Vice? Do I recognize this voice? This is a similar voice to what you have heard in your dreams in the past. In the past, this voice has been altered as it has been covered by the voices of your past. Unable to truly distinguish this voice because your previous nightmares were always overlain with the voices of your tormentors from your past or your mother or anything else all of these memories flooding in at once now it is clear it is speaking to you 
Vice is going to take a step back from the water's edge after the realization that in this dream he's nothing but a sack of rigid water and call out to the voice. <laughs> it seems you know my name, but that's not what you're asking. I... I guess I don't know for myself who I am. You are fluid. Water takes the shape of the container in which it is poured. You are but a container. What does that mean? Am I no different than a water skin or a bag? I need answers. And Vice sounds at this point. Almost frustrated, but still scared. You are the only one who survived. Upon hearing this, you look around to the bones around you. Now you recognize the skulls. Every one of these, elf, half-elf, human, dwarf, every race, even some where you had never seen their skulls before, but you can just tell from the shape and size of the bones that every race on this plane has bones in this dream. All of them failures, except for you. Vice. You are the perfect vessel. What makes me so different? How am I not doomed to fail in the future like these before me? They could not carry the force that water brings. You are fluid. You are ever-changing. Now embrace your namesake, Titanborn. The earth around you begins to shake, and the fog thickens. And you awaken inside the abandoned goblin hut, with Selene meditating by your side. A cold breeze wafts in from a gap in the wooden walls. Vice, you take one point. And your skin, as you look down at your hands, is once again crystalline blue. As I wake up, I would know that interrupting Celine's meditative state wouldn't have the same effect as like waking somebody up in the middle of their rest. Yes, you would know that. Okay. I'm going to attempt to wake up or like get Celine's attention as I'm given, waking up from my nightmare really quick. Given that she's in an elven trance, her passive perception is always active. No matter what you do to try to wake her, will wake her. Right. <laughs> 
I walk right up next to her ear and I cast Thunderclap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like still Oh Dark 30, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm just yeah, waking up is, in the middle of the night from a nightmare. Got it. This is the middle of the night. Uh, Celine. Celine. So, I actually have a question. So, how does that work? If he, if I'm in a meditative state, do he's literally just speaking to you, and because your passive perception is always um, up, you may choose to respond to him if you'd like. This is literally you meditating, and someone walks up to you and tries to get your attention. You choose whether or not to acknowledge him. Okay. Um. So I am going to uh, slowly kind of open my eyes and kind of like look around. And the room is still dark, right? Yes, everything is very, very dark. And you know that it's only been maybe two or three hours since you and Vice laid to rest in this room. Okay. So I'm going to look around the dark room and then... um. I'm going to look at Vice kind of confused. <laughs> Is something wrong? I just... I had a question. Yeah, of course. Aline, as you look at Vice, you notice that his skin has changed color once again. It's hard to see in this darkened room. I was going to say, do I see that? But you cannot see color, but what you can see is the shimmer that accompanied okay. his blue skin from the past. Okay. His skin looks as though it has a layer of frost on it. I see that you're blue once more. Has something happened? That's kind of the question I might have. Uh, obviously, I don't just wake up in the middle of the night for no reason, usually. Uh, but... In your travels and your understanding of the old magics, do you happen to know what a Titanborn might be? Uh, DM, would I know anything about that? Uh, no, from your history and culture, you've never heard that phrase before. So I'm going to think for a moment. And then kind of look at him, look at Vice kind of confused. I'm not sure what that is. I've never heard of that before. My nightmares are telling me that I might be one. I need to figure out what that means. What that is. It's just my mind playing tricks. I'd like to know what that is too, actually. It's interesting. Is it like a watcher? Like to that power level? I'm, I'm not sure what that would be. Not sure. Well, perhaps we can find out on our travels or maybe we can ask the others and see if they've heard anything. I think we'll wait till morning. 
It doesn't seem pressing. All right, I'm gonna get some rest. All right. And Vice will lay back down and go back to sleep if he can. Your exhaustion does not allow you to stay awake. But your mind swims with the question, what is a Titanborn and what am I? Celine, do you go back to rest? Um, I'm going to try, but Vice's words are going to kind of echo in my mind a little bit, trying to like process what he asked me. Trying to, I don't know, but I, I will go back to rest, yes. Being an elf, it is not difficult for you to return to your trance pondering his questions. Would anybody else like to do anything in the evening during this time? Or shall we fast forward to sunrise? I think uh, Shatton's going to try to scurry back over to where all the food and the feast was, get some of the more salvageable leftovers and store them. Okay. So, in the middle of the night... All right. So in the middle of the night, uh, I assume when Moss is sleeping. Yes. Okay. Please roll stealth. Fifteen. I'm sorry. One more time. Fifteen. Okay. Moss, what is your passive perception? Fourteen. Okay. You successfully managed to sneak out of the room just barely managing to not step on the creaky boards in this desolated house. You run across the town commons, back to the large barn where the banquet was held. And as you rummage around, you find that there's not a lot of food left. These goblins danced happily and ate heartily. And you find that the remaining broths, as the fires have died down, have already begun to freeze over as the night is very cold. How much time would you like to spend doing this? Probably no more than uh, 10 minutes, because I'm certain the barn's getting cold, too. All right. If you're not spending any more than 10 minutes, then I will say that you do not find any scraps that are salvageable. You'd have to spend a fair amount more time to find stuff. Do you return to your room with Moss? Uh, I'm going to explore around. Try to get a lay of the village. To see, uh, no, take a peek inside of the, some of the other houses. All right, I'd like you to roll me another stealth check. That would be, uh, nat 20 for a 29. All right, Shatton disappears off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Not even leaving rabbit pellets as she walks. <laughs> uh, you explore the village. Uh, for how long would you like to do this? Oh, let's say about 45 minutes. Okay. The village is 
a fairly good size. And with 45 minutes, you could feasibly you could feasibly walk the grounds and peek in windows. But you're not really going to have time to be exploring these houses in their entirety. As you walk around, you find that most of the buildings are thoroughly abandoned. There is no life within, with the exception of the one that lies just northwest of the house in which most of the party is sleeping. Within that house, as you peek in some of the windows on the lower level, you see small blue goblins, no larger than toddlers, just kind of piled on top of each other using random cloth that they have found as blankets, some of them sleeping on bookshelves, some of them sleeping on a kitchen table, just anywhere they can find a place to rest their head, they are sleeping. The volume of goblins seems significantly less than what you had seen in the barn only a few hours prior. And <clears throat> with that stealth check, I will say that you manage to scale the side of this building using its decrepit form and falling out framework to climb up and see the upper levels. Where you peek in a window and you see the remainder of the goblins in what looks like a large heap in the middle of the floor of one of the bedrooms and as you kind of peer in i want you excuse me i want you to roll a perception check Nineteen. as you peer in and you're looking at this heap you see that it is rising and falling as one as if they're all breathing at the same time and you look down in a small corner and you see Gurn's head just poking out from this heap of goblins, fast asleep with the biggest grin on his face. And you realize that it is not the goblins breathing in unison, but Gurn's large lungs as he breathes in and out. The horde, the, the, this pile of goblins just rises and falls with his chest. And that's about all you see within this abandoned village. Okay. <clears throat> On the return back, um, any, uh, I'm going to pick up a handful of uh, pebbles or rocks as well. Okay. They are everywhere. Yep. And before I go back into bed, I'm going to try to take a peek at the uh, bag of holding. That uh, Moss has. Moss, where is it? Uh, <clears throat> like, not completely under me, but like in my hands. Being okay. gripped. Uh, roll sleight of hand at disadvantage. Okay. Uh, sleight of hand. Fifteen. Moss, it sucks that you're asleep. <laughs> you manage to just barely and slowly wiggle the bag of holding out of Moss's grip while he rests. What are you going to do the, with it? I'm going to put the first. I'm going to put the rocks in there. All right, Moss. Please add one handful of pebbles to the bag of holding. 
and then I'm going to try to reach in for some uh, trail rations. Moss, are there any rations within the bag of holding right now? Uh, rations, no. So as you reach into the bag of holding and think to yourself, rations, nothing comes to your hand. And as you look in, as you, as you open the bag and look in, you see a void. There is nothing in this bag, and you do not see a bottom to it. You realize that there must be a significant amount of magic in this bag. I'm going to also throw in 500 of my 1,000 ball bearings I have. Okay. Moss, add 500 ball bearings to the bag of holding. And then uh, she's just going to go back. She's just going to go to sleep now. Still holding the bag of holding, or are you going to give it back, try to get it back into Moss's hands? I'm going to put it at, on, on the other side of him. Oh, God. Okay. And will that be it for tonight's antics? That is it for tonight's antics. Okay. As the day rises, the sun begins to crest the, the horizon, slowly peeking up over the mountaintops. Each of you are awoken, with the exception of Celine, who has most likely been awake for some time now. You are all awoken by the feeling of sunlight peeking through the cracks in these shattered walls. As it warms your skin, you begin to awaken. What would you all like to do? Gurn rolls over. Gurn, as you stretch your arms and roll over, you hear the thud of about 20 goblins as they are all gently tossed from your chest. <laughs> um, Gurn. Good morning. You hear a, a, a cacophony of good mornings, and we missed you, Gurn. And you're so warm, can we go back to sleep? <clears throat> Gurn. Gurn, go see friends. And Gurn's gonna start to get up and make his way towards the door. Several of the smallest goblins, the children of these tiny folk, are clawing at your ankles, begging you not to leave again. I'll, I'll just be outside. I'll see you soon. And they all, they all have disappointed looks on their face, but you know they understand. Gurn leans down and gives them all a small kiss on their forehead. They all pig pile. Once again, every single goblin just rushes to pile on top of you. I want to... Gurn puts his arms around all of them and tries to get them all in one big bear hug and pick them up. 
you manage a solid like 10 or 12 and the like three or four that are in the middle between all of this mass of bodies are starting to groan from being crushed as you try to maintain your grip on all of these goblins. Grin sets them all down. Okay. And he turns, opens the door, and goes out to okay. reunite himself with the others. Or at least make his way towards the buildings. Alright, uh, as you step out, I would like you to roll a d20 for me. A nat one. Alright. As you step out, the sun is shining, a few sparse clouds creep across the sky, the, the sunlight has just crested the mountain range, and has begun to... Well, you would think it's begun to warm the air, but the air is frigid. It is a very, very cold morning. As Gurn steps out, he's just going to pull all of his skins and everything a little bit tighter around himself. And then continue on his way towards the buildings. As you readjust your animal skins and cloak, repacking your, the silk you've got down your pants, you see your breath as you walk towards the house to the south where your party members are presumably still resting. Moss, as you begin to come to, you notice that the bag of holding is no longer in your clutches, but is laying by your side. Shatten. What did I say about fucking around with my stuff? I was just curious. What did you take? I took nothing. What did you put in then? Bits, bobs, things to annoy Vice later with. Okay. Uh, Moss is gonna reach into the bag <coughs> and try and find bips, bobs. <laughs> and things to annoy Vice with later. As you put your hand to the mouth of the bag and try to think of anything that Shatten could possibly use to annoy Vice with later, nothing comes to your hand. I thought as much. <laughs> yeah, Moss is just gonna like, get up and shake his head and let out a long sigh, grab his stuff, and start walking into the other room. Alright. And as they are walking across the hall, Celine and Vice. Celine, you have been up for at least a few hours at this point, having completed your trance. You look over as the sunlight begins to break through the holes in the walls, and you see Vice laying there on his borrowed bedroll. Yes? Vice would be awake at this point, writing in his journal. 
All right. You look over and find Vice sitting on his borrowed bedroll, writing fervently in his journal, his bright blue skin shining as the streams of sunlight reflect off of it. So, since I've been up for a while, yes. Um, I've been kind of letting my mind wander. And at one point in the middle of the night, I pulled out the necklace out of my backpack and started like fitting like it a little bit. Um, as well as like occasionally looking over at Vice to make sure he's okay and still trying to like kind of baffled by what he asked me. Still trying to figure out what that means. Okay. So, but when I saw him wake up, I kind of, um, put the necklace back in my bag and I'm assuming there's a window in this room or there is a window. It is one of the, you, the the four of you chose rooms that had the fewest holes and the only windows that still had glass in them. Okay. So I had gotten up after vice did and, uh, I'm, I'm basically looking out the window at the day trying to figure out, um, plan out my day, basically. Okay. Waiting for the others to come to. I will assume that part of that plan is pulling your hood extra low to block the bright sunlight from your sensitive eyes. Yes. So, Vice, as you are writing fervently, you see the streams of sunlight begin to pour over your journal. And you both would begin to hear the creaking of floorboards as no stealth check is going to no stealth check for moss is going to stop the floorboards of this house from creaking sorry moss and you believe that the remainder of your party members have awakened um i'm assuming i hear Moss coming yes, into the, the room? That, that, that's what I meant. The both of you would hear Moss waking oh. up and, and walking towards your room. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. Um, So I'm going to turn towards the doorway. Um, And I guess I'll see Moss standing there well, in the doorway, or... I'm just that, I'm trying to figure out the layout of the room. That it's, it's a small bedroom. Whether or not you guys close the door is on you guys. I think I left it partially cracked, but um, I'll make my way over to the door and kind of open it. And I guess I'll see Moss standing there. Hey, Moss. Good morning, Celine. <sighs> I trust you slept well. Yeah, well enough to not catch Shat and getting into my stuff. Oh, she got a hold of bag of holding? Mm-hmm. Did she take anything? No. Well, that's good. Yeah, she just put a bunch of shit in there. Oh. Do you know what it is? She called them... Bips, bops, and things to annoy Vice with later. Sorry, can you repeat that last half? Vice says, looking up from his journal. <laughs> <laughs> things to annoy Vice with later. That's what wow. I thought. And he's going to go right back to writing in his journal. 
Moss, as you look over to Vice, you notice that his skin is once again crystalline blue. How cold is it in this house? Manageable. But it, it's not great. <laughs> it's definitely not the tree. So, uh, you're blue again, huh? So, I've come to notice. Actually, Vice wouldn't have... I uh, know he would have when he woke up. That that stands. I guess it is kind of cold. All right. I think it's time to be honest. Don't really know why I'm blue. Yep. Thought it might be cold. Might might still be. I'm not really sure. In my defense, I haven't ever experienced this level of cold for this extended period of time, uh, at least to what I can remember. So, what I said isn't entirely false. It's just what I suspect. Gotcha. It is kind of an interesting thing. Only other blue people I've seen are the goblins, so... Mm. That's not I true. Mean... I think... I think there were... A couple of blue people I've seen in the past. A group of... group of men that were blue. Were they, uh... traveling bards by chance? No. <laughs> no, one was... One was trying to sell... Like, some sort of potion... As like a miracle cure. Um, nobody bought into it though. <laughs> Fucking guys. <laughs> well, I've never experienced this level of cold either, but my skin doesn't turn blue. Fair point. I feel like if it did, that'd be a bit concerning. But I feel like anyone's skin turning blue is a bit concerning. But except for you, Vice. I've got other things on my mind than the color of my skin. Does it? Well, that's also not entirely true. That's something that's always been on my mind. But again, not really pertinent to the situation. Does it feel different? DM, does it feel different? No. No. No, aside from your lack of sense towards the cold air, you don't feel any different than you would on any other day. You just don't feel the cold. But I feel the cold... After we left the barn and came to the house. No. Okay. No, it, it doesn't really feel any different. I mean, obviously I'm cold, but can I roll a medicine check to know if I know what hypothermia is? Hypothermia, excuse me. 
I mean, sure. I don't imagine in this realm or time frame it would have been a diagnosable condition, but sure, roll medicine. Roll the net. You are I aware can... of people from your village who had spent far too much time out during severe blizzards who would come back to their homes or not come back at all. Some of whom had been found up on the base of the mountain range who had stripped their own clothing off and others who had come home and been unable to shake the chill for days at a time. So you have seen quote-unquote hypothermia in its various stages and you know that you are not suffering from any of these. Okay. Um, I think the cold would be concerning if I started to feel like overly hot while it was cold. There's been stories of people that died at the base of the mountain near my village that were just like completely naked and either they were insanely dumb one of them wasn't to my knowledge or so it's been told to me he was a very intelligent man or they were into some really weird shit which he very well could have been such as getting naked in the snow when it's very cold out so if I have the sudden urge to take off all my clothes in the snow, that's when we'd have a problem. But I'm not to that point yet. It's too cold. Because I know it's cold. Though I don't feel it. As badly. And he's going to go back to writing in his journal after realizing he said way too much <laughs> about stupid shit. So... I'm going to get out of the doorway... And I'm basically going to go over to my bag on the floor where I'd been meditating. Kind of rummage through my bag and look for any rations that I potentially have so I could eat something. Feeling a little hungry. Okay. Just real quick. Um, <laughs> there's some mental imagery here that I'm absolutely loving. Um from what you just said, Celine, is that you've been standing in the doorway this entire time. Yeah, so that, I know. That's why I'm like, wait that, a minute. <laughs> that whole interaction. I just imagine Moss just kind of craning his neck around the door frame while Vice is kind of looking up at him while he's sitting cross-legged on the floor, journal in one hand, quill in the other. And they're just kind of chatting back and forth at each other with you caught in the middle. Yeah. I love it. It's just the problem is like, I... So... I'm trying really, really hard not to talk over other people, so I'm just kind of like, like waiting for them to have their little conversation before I'm like, yeah, I'm still standing in the middle of the door. So oh, that, that's, that's fine. Yeah, thematically, this seems, that, like a, this seems like a perfectly normal scenario. Someone's yeah, not in the yeah, middle absolutely. of a conversation in the doorway. Yeah. So, right. so I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to fix this. All right. So, Celine, <laughs> as you step out of the doorway... As you realize I, you are being interruptive to their conversation. I did open the door more before did. I went over. You did. You okay. did. But you were standing Just want to clarify. There. You were standing there. <laughs> so as you step away from the doorway, as you realize you're being rude standing in between their conversation, 
You walk back to your bag and you start rummaging through, and if you have rations in your bag, you may choose to consume one of them. And as you are rummaging through your bag, you all hear a knock on the door of the house. <laughs> the knock is much louder than what was just created as it echoes through the house, large fists slamming on the door. You believe someone is at your front door. <clears throat> Nobody's home. Gun. Gun. Moss will walk over and open up the door. All right. <clears throat> so you see standing there, Gurn. Tightly wrapped in his skins and cloak, a large bulge in his pants with a small bit of red silk poking out. And as you stand there, seeing the wide grin on Gurn's half-orc face, you are suddenly hit by a strong, frigid breeze of cold Arctic air. Let me put this in perspective for you guys. In the region that we live, say early February, really sunny out, minus 10 degrees outside. That's what that's what you're dealing with right now. <sighs> I'm going to push Moss and close the door behind uh, both of us. <sighs> no. No good. As you go to push Moss out of the way, he falls backwards. <laughs> Did you roll a strength save? Dex check. Ah, dex check. All right. Ro I rolled a f six. So. so, Gurn, as you force your way, as you force your way into the house, you shove at Moss's shoulders, trying to get him out of the way, so that you can get inside out of the cold. Moss, you trip over a plank of fallen wood and land on your shelled back, and you are now a turtle on his back. How much does Moss weigh? Uh, three... 340. Gurn is going to scramble over and grab onto both sides of his shell and attempt to just savage, brute this pick this guy up and put him back on his feet. Perfontes roll a strength check. Athletics. Go for athletics. You're going to lift with the knees. 23. Yeah, you're fine. You grab the fringe of Moss's shell and Moss, this has never happened in your life. You are hoisted up and dropped on your feet. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's fine. Shit happens. Uh, thanks for the uh, hand up there. <clears throat> um. So yeah, cold out, huh? Gern's going to 
pull some of the ice off of his hood and hand it to him. (laughs) (laughs) It was only like a 30-foot walk from your house to his. Well, I mean, they were talking and I was outside knocking on the door for a while. (laughs) They weren't answering, so... That's that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I was trying to be polite. <clears throat> no good. Turn cold. So. Kern, would you happen to know where, uh. The next city with, like, people in it are? Or town? Or something? Um. DM, how many how many days away, roughly, at the pace Gurn travels would be the next nearest piece of civilization if I've discovered it? Gurn has no idea, but Gurn knows that the Matron Goblin knows many things. And that's Kin. No, Matron Goblin. Meme. Kint is effectively your brother. Meme is the mother of all. Yep. I mentioned her last night, but we haven't met her yet. Yes. You were told that she was resting from the last scavenging rounds and that she wasn't going to be joining the banquet, but that she would be available the following morning. Gurn, no, no. No, go that before. Um, meme. Can't say meme in morning. Gurn, we, we all go. See meme. We find Kent. Uh, the rest of the party, you would have heard Moss fall. <clears throat> uh, the house probably would have shaken when he did. So I would assume that you're all poking your heads out your doorways at this point. Yeah, I would have been, um, well, I would have finished up my ration and been grabbing my bag and walking out as I heard the crash. So heading to the door and walking out the door as I heard the crash. Or thud, whatever it is. The loud noise. gestures to everybody as they start to come out of their rooms. Morning, Gurn. Morning. <clears throat> Morning, Shatton. Morning. Hey, furry hop. <laughs> How'd you sleep? <laughs> furry hop. <laughs> <laughs> I slept well, thank you. Gurn's going to step towards Shatten and just kind of like reach out to touch Shatten's fur. He's gonna the, let him. 
with the back of his hand and just just gently like grace her head <laughs> good furry hat <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you. Shatten, as you are being petted by Gurn Vice, I believe you had something to say? No. I said everything that, that I wanted to to Shatten. <laughs> Which was, I hope you slept well. And when she said she did, I said good. Okay. So as you have all regathered, standing in this house, a frigid morning awaits. Where would you like to go? Vice walk out, or is he still writing in his journal? I was honestly wondering the same thing. Um, are rooms opposed to each other in the hall? Approximately, yes. Uh, after seeing Shatten and speaking with her, he was probably closing up his journal and packing everything up. Okay. So it would be at this point that, <clears throat> if you haven't left the room yet, it would be at this point that Shatten now sees that Vice is once again blue. And as Vice packs up his things and presumably steps out of the room, now Gurn would see that Vice is blue again. Oh, you're feeling down again. No, he goblin. <laughs> yes, Shat, and it seems that the people that I thought were my friends playing tricks on me has taken a toll on my morale. It's unfortunate. It really is. I thought I had found some real friends. It's the, it's the friends who don't play the tricks on you who you can't trust. I wish that was the case. Vice will pull up his face covering, preparing for the cold that is outside. All right. I'm also... Oh, I'm also going to bundle up as much as I can to prepare for the cold. Uh, do you still have the bear skin that Gurn had given you? Uh, I imagine so. I don't think I did anything with it. All right. Yeah. Then... Yeah, I have the... I have a rabbit pelt... Yeah, I got a bear skin. Oh, dark. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that came from, but yeah, I have that too. You have that from your first interaction with Kern. All <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> Breakfast. Yeah. Did I see you pull those out? Um, I don't. I'm assuming think so. the bear skin was in my bag, right? There's no way you're fitting a bear skin in your bag. Oh, then maybe I, I don't know. Think like a standard backpack. You're not fitting a whole bear skin in there. The rabbit pelt, sure. But the bear skin, you're probably going to have to roll up like a bedroll. I imagine I'm just wearing it as a shawl or something then. Yeah, you're basically wearing it as a blanket. Yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. It's dried with dried blood and sinew still attached to it. That's fine. It was never cleaned and prepped. It was literally what? shaved off of a bear. Gurn wore it with the blood still dripping. And then he handed it off to you. This what? is a 
I haven't had a chance yet to... <laughs> I would say it's not, like, rotten because of how cold it is, though. Oh, no, it's pretty well preserved. It's just not prepared. Like, it's definitely not rotting in this environment. Not yet. When Celine eventually has the time to clean it and prep it, she will, but right now she can't do that. No, that's that's fine. I'm just pecking on you. But All right. yes. What would the party like to do? I'm going to walk up to Gern. Um, I'm assuming I heard the conversation between him and Moss about saying meme. Yes, because that conversation happened after... Gurn threw him to the floor and then picked him back up. Uh, you were the first to poke your head out. And, uh, yeah, you, you would have overheard that conversation. Alright. So, I will... Yeah, I'll walk up to Gurn. Um... I suppose we should go see... Meme, I believe was her name. We we got Kent, then Meme. Oh, okay. So perhaps we should finish yeah. packing up our stuff and get going. Yeah, come. Um, we go. And Gern's gonna look kind of puzzled. Like, are you ready, or do you still need to pack? Um, I'm gonna turn to the rest of the party and see if they need any help packing anything or if they need help with anything before we leave. <clears throat> Moss has already got his stuff. He wasn't gonna leave it in the room with Shen. <laughs> That's fair. I'll turn device and chat and then to see if they need help with anything before we go. Good. Ready whenever you guys are. Alright, then I'll turn to Garn and say, yep, we're ready. Garn's gonna turn and open the door and push out into the cold. I imagine we just get, like, this brush of cold air that just comes whipping in our faces. Exactly. As soon as Gurn opens the door, you are all blasted with a frigid breeze tearing into your skin. Oof. Except to you, Vice. As you all step out into the sun-laden morning, looking out across this abandoned village, now the home of a horde of goblins... You look around. Gurn, I'd like you to make a dexterity saving throw. Fifteen. Okay. As you all step out into this frigid, abandoned village, Gurn, as you, as you are the first one out leading the pack, you see a small shadow on the ground and you step one foot to your right and slam a tiny blue goblin lands face first in the cobblestone at your feet 
and he slowly stands up, groaning. <sighs> Morning, Garn. Tried to get you this time. Come pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Can since you got me. She can't big eyes. You see everything around you. Hint, is this why you're missing so many teeth? No. Not no. That's that's an entirely different story. We'll get into that later. Garn's gonna Garn. reach down and pick Kent up by his shirt. Ah! Oh, okay. Hi, buddy. He just kind of pats you on the head. <clears throat> hey. Hold out this morning, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real yeah. cold. Yeah, it's not too bad. He kind of looks around at the party. Oi! You got your goblin blood black back. Cool. Something like that. I'll I'll take it. And he kind of looks around. Shatton, are you sitting on Moss's back right now, or are you walking alongside? I'm sitting on his back, wrapped up in a bedroll. Thoroughly wrapped up. Well, just a little more like my head's poking out. All right. So he looks around at the party, kind of you know nodding to each of you, greeting you. And then he catches wind of you, Shatton. Ah, good morning, Shatton. So pretty. Morning. She goes under fully under the bedroll. Ah, still playing hard to get. Gern, you wanted to talk to me? <clears throat> you can you think um, we all go? I mean, I see why not. She loves people. Okay. Does Kent happily tugs on Gurn's head to point him in the correct direction. You all begin to walk to the northeast side of town, where you find a small path. This path leads across the frozen bridge over to another section on the opposite shore. And as you guys approach this lone building, you see behind it a large cemetery. Most of the stonework has shattered, fallen over, desecrated, just thoroughly abandoned, as is the nature of this town. And Kint slowly guides you by effectively remote controlling Gurn into the building adjacent to the graveyard. She, uh, I don't know, she started sleeping by herself. Not really sure why, but she she likes it over here. She says it's quieter. Uh, I think she's getting old. Oh, the small ones. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the kids got way too much energy. Mm -hmm. Meme, not fast anymore. No, no, she um. She used to go with us on all of our scavenging runs, but now we're lucky if we get her out there once a month. I don't think she's along for this world. 
Gurn, no. And he's gonna nod his head kind of solemnly. As you all approach the door to this building, you notice that many of the what would have been holes in the walls have since been boarded up. Either by covered they, they've either been covered by random slabs slabs of wood or pieces of found cloth. Um, but it seems that this house is I can't say better maintained, but it looks to be it looks like they put a bit more effort into insulating this house. And Kent hops off of your shoulder, Gurn, with a light thud under the tundra beneath. He runs up to the door, and he doesn't even knock. He just jumps up, grabs the handle, pushes on the frame, and forces the door open. Come on, come on, come on. It's really cold out, and she doesn't like to call no more. Come on. And he kind of just beckons all of you to to come into the house. I... Garn floods right in. I follow. Yep. I'll go in last and close the door behind me. Alright, and as you all step in, you look around, and it is... It's, it's a bit dark in this building, but it's warm. Comparatively. It's probably about 50 degrees in this house, and you see spattered across the walls random torches, all of them kind of gently burning. And you see in the center of this large room that when you step into this building, it is a large singular room. At the center of it, you see a small pile of glowing embers. And just above it, a small crack in the ceiling where the smoke is allowed to escape. Lining the walls are piles upon piles of different colored linens. There seems to be no pottery, no jewelry, as was the case in the in the basement of the windmill. Kent's collection was a menagerie of different things. This collection seems to be all cloth, just piled on top of itself. And Kent just kind of rushes into the room dives under a pile of the cloth and pokes his little head up. Meme! Meme, are you in here? There is no answer. Meme! It's Gurn! Gurn, upon calling out, you begin to see a section of the cloth on the far corner of the room begin to rustle. And you hear muffled cries coming out from under the cloth. Gurn's going to move over to where the cloth is and start to gently move the cloths out of the way. As you gently move the cloth out of the way, you're peeling layer upon layer back until you finally find the small, portly visage of Meme tangled in a handful of silk robes. Oh, thank you, Kern. Thank you for finding me. I, um, got myself in a bit of a pickle last night. 
couldn't get out for uh for the banquet. Hi, it's been a while. I missed you. Hmm. Can miss me too. And he's going to embrace her, but n- not squeeze her too tightly. She very gently grips your neck, patting and, and stroking your hair and just kind of pushing your hood out of the way so she can see you a little bit better. And shaken baby syndrome. Thank you, Xander. <clears throat> Alright, help 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 me up, Gern. Help me up. I'd like to see your your new friends. I I heard a rumor from Kint that you found some new friends. Gern does so. Sets her a fourth the rest of the party. As Gern picks this body up out from within these linens, you see a round short goblin, maybe three feet in height, almost as many feet in width. Deep, deep blue skin with stringy white hair going down to the small of her back. This small female goblin with the sweetest look on her face looks at each of you and as you make eye contact with her you notice that her eyes are almost completely grayed out. She is wrapped in layers upon layers of silk robes that are far too long for her body. These are intended for the average human. So as Gurn is holding her up and goes to place her down, he does so without the bottom of the robe ever leaving the ground. And he places her down, and she looks up at each of you and kind of greets you gently. Hello, hello. It's nice to meet you. Each one of you looking you in the face, but you can't be certain if she can actually see you. So, what brings you all down to our fair village? Yeah. Why are we? And Gern's gonna turn and look at everybody as well. Well, um, we were trying to get to another village around here, but we ended up getting stranded on the top of the, uh, mountains back there well that sounds unfortunate stranded on these mountains usually means certain death you're all lucky to have found our my boy Gurn he may not have made it off alive yes he was a he was a very big help so nice to see new faces here Gurn, it's so wonderful to have you home. She kind of wraps her arm around your calf. It's been a while. Gurn, glad to be here. But Gurn, not sure. Still... He'll turn to you, Moss, as you were the one that spoke. Where were you headed originally, dear? 
that's actually a good question. Uh, Vice, what is the name of your town? Sheraton. Her head kind of snaps over to meet you, Vice. Sheraton. What in the devil are you doing on this side of the continent? We took a wrong turn at a tree. Well, and got lost. Well, I'll say that's one hell of a wrong turn, dear. Anyway. Sheraton is on the other end of the mountain range. Frankly, that's one... I'll say it again, one hell of a wrong turn. But if you want to get back to Sheraton, I do know a way that might cut some time and potentially save your lives, as traversing this mountain range is not something I would advise for most folk. Please tell me that the directions don't involve a tree. No, they do not involve a tree, though you may pass a few on your way, and if that's a problem, simply close your eyes. No, it's not a problem, as long as we don't have to make a left and instead make a right. The, well, I at, suppose at the, that's at on a you. specific tree, I mean. Uh, fine, but again, that, that would be on you, not me. If you take a wrong turn, again, let's just hope it's not as bad as the last wrong turn you made. If it is, I suppose we'd end up in a sea. Alright, have any of you got a map? Uh, Moss will pull out his atlas and go, I've got this. I haven't seen one of those in quite a while. Alright, lay it down in front of me, please. I will lay it down in front of her and I'll flip to, like, the page where I found the town we are in all right dear and she takes the atlas and she starts flipping through the pages back and forth back and forth just flipping to and from now you're you're here you're here in, in, in this village we've since forgotten the name but this place was abandoned ah going on 25 years now this place was just gone humans came here for mining ore or something and decided it wasn't worth it and left everything behind. But it kind of worked out for us. If you head southeast along the northern port, the northern part of this mountain range, you can then round the mountains and head southwest to a town called Entyrian. And she'll start marking this out for you on the map. As you reach the end of the mountain range, you'll find a trailhead. An old road that was used by the humans that settled this village. The road itself is still intact. At least it was several months ago, the last time I went out. As long as the weather's, you know, cooperative... You should be able to reach Interior by walking around the mountains in about six days. If you decide to cut through the mountains, you may be able to cut a day off of your travels. 
but it would be significantly more dangerous. The choice is up to you, but that would be your next settled town. Um, me? Yes, dear. When was the last big scene? The last big what? The last big... And he's going to say that in regards to just like a, a a big monster or whatever could be out here that is of super danger. When was the last time one of these were spotted by these goblins? About three weeks ago, a group of our scavengers went to the southern mountain range in the direction of Interion. They tried to go over the mountains to see if any adventurers had passed through, or tried to anyway. Only one of them came back, screaming something about monsters under the earth. Twenty-five of them went out and one came back. You can understand why I'm hesitant to send you through the mountain range. Hmm. Gurn sad. Yes, I'm very sad too. At least four of them were Kint's direct brothers. And Kint is... You, you glance over at Kint standing at the side of the room... And he just kind of looks away from the group and starts staring into the flame of one of the torches. Kern's gonna turn and look at Kent. Mint, splint, shin. Hmm. Ah, now buddy, shin, shin's fine. Here's Lint. No, Lint. I, I know, I know, buddy. It's just these things happen. You know, it's a dangerous area to live in, but it's it's our only choice. It's either we survive here or we die anywhere else. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Gern's just gonna hang his head. Don't be sad, Gern. It's a meme kind of pats you on the thigh. She looks back over to Moss. The town I'm sending you to. We used to live down in that small section of mountains. But we were driven out by humans. We had originally carved a network of tunnels that lead under the lake at the base of Glacius Spine. If you could go to Interion and talk with the miners that built that village there, you may be able to traverse the mine the, the mines and the tunnel network that we built and cut a month's journey off to Sheraton by going under the lake as opposed to around it. That would definitely be ideal. 
you wouldn't happen to have like a map or anything of the tunnel system. Uh, the maps that we had long ago were taken from us by the miners. We would have them. Kind of dangerous living tunnels under lakes. Honestly, not many. The larger creatures don't like to burrow there for fear that they'll poke a hole in the lake and drown themselves. It's usually just smaller things, scavengers. Like we used to be. But, you know, humans wanted to do the mining for themselves. None of them trusted a goblin. No matter how much better at digging we were than they were, they didn't want to initiate trade with us. So, they forced us north, and here we rest. Vice is going to cast message subtly. So he's going to reach into his component pouch uh, and find a excuse me a short piece of copper wire and say to Moss through message why why do I feel like she's withholding information anyone who's listening can hear him mm. because message is spoken word not when you use subtle Removes any any uh any verbal or ah uh, or somatic component. When you said subtly, I thought you meant a sleight nope. of hand roll. Understood. Nope. Moss, you hear voices words within your head. And none of you notice this. And you will hear back in your head. It definitely does seem that Something's not right. So, did you guys try and fight back when they pushed you out? Or have you tried going back to maintain some type of trade? We've tried several times, but what human is going to trust a blue goblin? They drove us out 25 years ago, and we had no way of fighting back. We had no weapons. They came at us with crossbows and swords. They killed two-thirds of my tribe. Two-thirds of my clan were killed, and they drove the rest of us out as an act of mercy, as they called it. Can I roll an insight check? How about it? Can I do the same? Go for it. Thirteen. Add 10 to that. 23. Moss, you believe her. There's a level of sincerity in her voice that leads you to believe her. Vice, your ability to read people, you know she is telling the truth. You can hear her broken heartstrings as she speaks. Gurn, go fight. No. I, I understand that that's a terrible thing to happen. Uh, you, you, your name is Meme, correct? Yes, dear. And, and you are? Vice. It's I, wonderful I, to meet you, Vice. I can't imagine the hardships you and your people, your tribe, went through. 
all those years ago, especially I... at the hands of humans. And if you'd like, or if you'd prefer, we can attempt while we're there to restore some some sort of relationship. Or like I said, if you'd prefer, we could just not even mention that where you are for concern that they might come up here to try to finish you and your people off. Because that's the last thing that I would want to do. I am the last surviving member of the generation that was forced out. Our lifespans are severely diminished in this environment. But... I don't know. You you all seem like nice folk. If you were able to convince the humans to let us go back to our home in the tunnel, I mean, we don't even want to live in their village. We, we'd like to establish trade, be part of the community, but we wouldn't have to bother them. We just live in our tunnels again. I do miss my home, but if... If you can't help us establish peace because they won't listen to us then at least the pain dies with me this is all anyone in this family aside from myself has ever known so if you can't I understand but I would appreciate the help can give you my word that we will do what we can to try to get you back somewhere with a more uh, how should I phrase it uh, with a more livable climate we'll try to get you back in the tunnels we'll try to establish trade routes we'll try to get you somewhere that's not nearly as hostile for an environment um, you have my word on that and if, if we can't, we won't disclose where you are. Meme shakily stands up, walks over to you, takes your hand in one of hers, and then takes the other and, and pats the back of your hand as she's holding it. She looks into your eyes, and you can see the glassy cataract-filled eyes just looking into you with small tears forming at the corners. You have a very kind heart, Vice. And your skin is the best shade of blue I've ever seen. If you could do that for us, it would be wonderful. And I would make it, well, worth your while as best I can. At, at the very least, I can help you in your travels to Interion. You have a long way to go in this frozen wasteland. And the least I can do is offer you all some protection. Kint, would you mind coming over here, please? Stop stop staring at the fire. Yes. Yes, Meme. What can I do for you? Would you mind going to your storeroom and gathering whatever you can for protective clothing for these folk? Anything you can find. Wait. But what about... But shinies and, and trade and... All the things I'm trying to learn. Don't worry about it, dear. Just you'll you'll get your trade soon enough. These folks are here to help us. And besides, think of your brother Gern. 
Can't imagine how warm he is in that cloak all filled with holes. And just kind of nods and rushes out of the house. <clears throat> mean, I got this for you. Gern's going to jam his hand into his pants and pull the silk out and hand it to her. Oh, oh thank you, Gern. It's, um, she kind of half sniffs. Or, it's, it's wonderful, dear. It's the last time you had a bath. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, dear. It's very soft, very, very warm. And she just kind of gingerly wraps it over her shoulders on top of these several layers of cloth she's already wearing. It's very obvious she's trying to keep the cloth away from her face. You folks will have to forgive Gurn. If he is to accompany you on your travels, he is a... He is a wonderfully sweet boy. But not well learned. Didn't have many chances to learn social graces during his time. If he brings back any trophies, we'll make sure he brings them in a bag. Not in his pants. A very good idea. But I can't make promises for what he will do. So don't be surprised if you end up with a, a warm piece of cloth on your face one morning. Hmm. <laughs> Gurn can't promise either. <laughs> I suppose I should get to know the rest of you. What are your names? She looks around the room. I'm Shatten. Oh, dear. Where did that voice come from? Her head pops out from under the uh, bedroll. Good, sir. You have an extra head. No, just a just a friend. Keep it warm. It lives on your back. I mean, oh. she does spend a good amount of time there. All right. Who am I to judge? Hello, Shadden. I love your ears. They're very pretty. Thank you. And, Thank you. And 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 you, big one. You. I'm I'm Moss simple name. I love it. Hello, Moss. And you? What's your name? Looking at Celine. Oh. Um. I'll take my hood off and kind of look at her. Um, I'm Celine. Hello, Celine. I haven't seen one of your kind in quite a long time. Quite honestly, I feel like you're on the wrong side of the earth. Definitely not where I was expecting to be, but I don't mind the adventure. I'm glad you're here. If you're going to help take care of my boy while you're out, that's much appreciated. Well, he's more so been taking care of us. Without him, I don't know where we would be. Well, 
That's my boy. I suppose I raised him well enough. I learned a lot from me. There's a slip of the tongue, Xander. I don't actually have a name for this planet yet. I'm pretty sure it's Earth. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Earth. Congratulations, DM slip up. As these conversations are happening, the door to this large room suddenly opens and you see a handful of goblins dragging various cloths into the room. And as they come in, there's like five or six different goblins, all of them trying to help each other drag these large cloths into the room. They all get in, they shut the door, and they just start kind of splaying out various, various, excuse me, <clears throat> various coats, pants, anything they could find that could potentially protect you all from the elements. And if you all would like, you may add winter clothing to your inventories. As the sheer volume of cloth that has been brought in guarantees that each of you will have some form of winter protection. Now, Moss, you, uh, you're the keeper of the map. I assume you're the leader of this troop? I don't really think we have a leader. Fair enough. He's you're the one. <clears throat> if you're I... holding the map, you're probably leading the way. Gern, I'm sure you'll work your way up to leader, but don't get ahead of yourself, dear. Uh, no, no, me. I led downhill. You did. You led mm -hmm. them here, and you are a wonderful boy for doing that. Thank you very much. Moss, dear. Fucking hell, Gurn, you threw my train of thought off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Moss, uh, how soon do you believe you will all be leaving? exactly sure I was kind of hoping today but it seems a bit cold for that well you should probably try on your new coat it might help I will put on the new coat to... my question is how do they manage to find a coat that's gonna fit a turtle <laughs> <laughs> very very fat <laughs> humans yeah. <laughs> alternatively a very well, very fat goliath yeah that's we're, right. we're on earth so it's probably <laughs> americans <laughs> um in this thing of winter clothing can i find like a rather long but like skinny piece of clothing looking to cover your tail Kind of. I'm looking for Fuck something you. for my snake. Fuck you. You find... You find a black and white striped knee-high stocking. 
Okay. And I'll uh, <laughs> kind of go into my shell and poke at my snake so get Levi to come up. It takes a few moments, but eventually his tiny snake head peeks out. Shatten, you're momentarily startled as a snake appears from inside Moss's shell and passes by your face, crawling around Moss's arm and into his hand. I'll, I'll pet I'll pet like Levi's head while I slowly put the sock on him. <laughs> that's that's a hell of a mental image. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> a water <laughs> water snake wearing a black and white stocking. Yes. Stanton's going to try to dig through, trying to find uh, winter clothing that's more uh, white and light grays. Okay. Uh, honestly, with the volume of clothing, I'm kind of leaving this one open. Whatever you guys would like to find for winter protection clothing in whatever styles, colors, whatever, assume that it was available and brought into the room. So I'm giving you guys freedom to describe your winter clothing. Blaze orange camo. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You want you want to wear a high vis camo jacket? No, I, I yeah, feel go like go for it. Go for it. I feel like that's probably not a great idea. <laughs> Gonna try to high vis orange probably isn't a dye that is yet available <laughs> to this time frame. Sorry, what was that, Shen? She's definitely going to try to find uh, something that can be used for to be sneaking in the snow. Okay. Yeah, you definitely find a... Uh, it's, it's like a pale gray, off-white coat. Child's coat. Uh, it's, it's a fur-lined, kind of like a cloak, so it kind of fits loosely on your body. But not so much that you can't, like, sneak your hands out and throw your daggers. Will fit nicely. Gern's going to be picking up anything that he can find and just trying to look through it against the light to see how well he can see through some of these cloths. He's going for black ones, and he's going for the one that he can see through the best. Okay. Like a full coat or a section of cloth? A section of cloth. Something right. that he'd be able to wrap around his entire face. All right, then uh, I would say that you find a section of black cloth within Meme's collection. Yeah. That is just a swatch of, not a swatch, but like a length of cloth. Black linen, kind of loosely stitched. It will still allow you to see through it during daylight hours, but will offer you a bit of wind protection. All right. So Vice, I'm kind of... Trunks or a Speedo? <laughs> oh, you read my mind, but I'm going in between both of them. Actually, I'm going further down than a Speedo. Boxer briefs? No, banana hammock. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, Vice is going to 
rummage through some of the clothing and find a nice but still tattered and slightly discolored um, black peacoat. Something that is just a little bit heavier than the coat that he has been wearing. Um, and it looks like it might have come off of someone that was terribly ill-prepared for the mountains, uh, thinking that they could have just handled it in light, in uh, moderate garb. Um, it looks a little bit ill-fitting in the shoulders, but otherwise length, lengthwise it looks perfectly fine on him. And it is missing one button. Yeah. And then he'll quietly sit in the corner and press to press to digitate the dirt and debris off of it, hoping to restore some sort of a cleanliness to it. It'll it'll take you a couple minutes, but you managed to pull it off. And Celine? Um, I'm kind of rummaging through, looking for uh pretty much the warmest either fur cloak actually fur cloak I can find um where I still have kind of free range to use my hands for spell casting if needed okay you actually end up finding a sleeveless bare fur lined full length cloak it seems to have been specifically designed for a caster and it will offer you a significant amount of protection with the exception of your arms. It's got a full hood, one of them nice, big, you know, fantasy-style hoods. That's perfect, actually. That's exactly what she was looking for. Moss, are you sticking with the uh, obese nobleman's cloak? (laughs) Well, unless I could find, like, a... You know, the standard, like, giant buffalo <laughs> hide cloaks. You have some trouble finding something like that. And then Kent looks up at you. You're a lot bigger than I realized. Give me another minute. Guys, come on. I'm going to need help with this one. He runs off, taking the group of goblins with him. I'm also About- going to attempt to find some clothes. Okay. You find a pair of gloves that would fit your hand in the meanwhile, but your claws are a bit long. Okay, As you try to get the gloves on, you tear right through the fingers, and now you have Zandy-style fingerless gloves. Yep, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> You've been called out. Hey, you called me out on the earth thing. Fuck you. Hey, fair enough. I'm actually shopping for a pea coat right now. Is, I, own, I own one. Is there oh, like, it must be nice. It is. On the cuffs, yeah, does it just nice. say Zandy brand? Like Yes. Just... Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So we got Cax's Dildo Emporium, Gurn's Publishing House, <laughs> and Zandy's Fingerless Gloves. Also, gloves. We, we can't forget Shatton's Furry Friends. Ah, yes. Shatton's Furry Friends. Furries for hire. Okay. I'm going to try to look for a scarf as well. Actually, now that I think about it. That's easy enough to find within Meme's collection. You find a nice wool scarf. Perfect. Just something that can cover my face and keep me warm. Yep. While you're all looking around, Kint is gone for a short while. 
10, 15 minutes later, and then you hear a light rapping at the door. You go over and open it, and you see him and his group of goblins standing there, all struggling to hold this wad of cloth. And they rush into the building to get out of the cold. And they all kind of step in different directions, each holding a piece of this cloth as they spread it out. I think this will cover you, bud. Try this on. And he's got a solid black wolf fur lined cloak. Huge in proportion. I will try on the cloak. As you put it on, it drapes gracefully over your shoulders, thoroughly covering your shell and even drags a little at the back, covering about half of your tail. And as you pull it closed and start to close up the buttons and whatnot, it just kind of tightens around you. It's a snug fit. They're lucky to have found something to fit your frame. But this wolf fur lining is dense, and any warmth that your body may or may not give off is trapped within it. Thank thank you, Ken. Moss will reach into his pack and pull out his last crocodile tooth and hand it to Ken. You didn't... You didn't... You didn't have to, but I want it. Totally. And he jumps up and grabs it out of your hand. Sweet. I'm going to save this one for later. Just in, you know, just in case one of these ones falls out. Nope, absolutely. This is a backup. Fucking awesome. Is there anything else the party would like to do as you are all gearing up for a long winter trek? Beam, I want to, like, kind of look into her eyes. Can I tell if this is just from old age or, like, it's some disease like glaucoma? Uh, roll medicine. As her gentle, smi- gently smiling Ooh. face looks into your eyes. I might actually know something. Dirty 20. This is age. As you look her over, you see the folded wrinkles on her face, her faded blue skin, stringy white hair, and you look into her eyes, and you can tell that there were once strong pupils that are beginning to go milky white. This this is the mark of age. There's nothing I can do about that. No. Well, you all look very cozy. Gern, do you, do you think you'll be staying with this group for a while? It it might be good for you to get out, explore the world, maybe discover some things about yourself. Um, Gern was gonna go to cave. Do you, do you think? He's going to look at me. Like, I, 
I think you've spent enough of your years on this mountain, Gern. I think this is a... This is a kind and capable group of folk. And you seem to be able to look out for each other. I think they might do you some good. And who knows, you might do them some good too. But, but can... Um, can flop chop... I can't... Don't worry about the others, honey. Gern, your family will always be here for you. Anytime you want to come home, feel free to come home. We will be here for you. There's nothing wrong with growing up and learning who you are on your own. Gern... Gern's going to run for the door and go outside. Oh, oh dear. Kent, would you go after him, please? Yeah, sure, meme. And Kent rushes out the door behind Gern. Buddy, buddy, where are you going? Gern's in a full sprint. Gern! Gern, wait! Gern, your legs are so much longer! Wait for me! Gern! Gern, no leave! And he's gonna jump and land on his stomach. Just face first into the ground. Kent. It, it takes a handful of seconds, but Kent eventually manages to run up beside you, panting like hell. Ah, oh, buddy, you gotta... Oh, you gotta warn me before you start running. Holy shit. Oh. What's the matter, buddy? Gurn. Okay to go? Yeah. It's okay, buddy. You'll always have a home here. But Meme thinks you're ready. And if any one of us is prepared to leave this fucking mountain, it's you. Gurn's going to sit up and touch his face at his eye. And pull his fingers back and look at his fingertips. Kind of puzzled. And then look at Kent. Gurn. Gurn, real sad. And he's going to lean in and give Kent a hug. And Kent just falls forward and gives you a big ass hug around the neck. Or as big as he can, given his stature. It's okay, buddy. You'll always be my brother. With that, Gurn's going to stand up. <clears throat> Gurn, love you. Love Bro. you too. Love you too, buddy. 
as you are standing with his arms wrapped around your neck and his feet swinging wildly at your chest. Wait, I'm, wait, I'm starting to lose my grip. Can, can you put me down? Instead, Gurn's going to put him up on his shoulder. Ah, okay, okay, that works They're going to go back to memes. Thanks for, thanks for the ride, buddy. You all re-enter the home of meme. Okay. Gurn. Gurn, go with friend. If. If friends want. It would it would be great to have you longer. I won't say no. Gurn's gonna turn and look at Vice. You? Me? <clears throat> I'd love to have you. He's gonna turn and look at Celine. And you? Of course, Gern. I don't know what we, what we would do without you. You've been very helpful. Of course you can come with us. Gern. Gern. Gern will go. See? I was right. You hear a small voice from beneath you as you all look down to see Meme. A gentle smile on her face and a couple of tears rolling down her cheeks. She wipes the cheeks away. I mean, she wipes the tears. She wipes her cheeks away. Holy <laughs> shit, she's old. <laughs> her flesh she just sloughs her. off. <laughs> she wipes her tears away. Now, I don't know if this is something you've all considered, but I've heard tell at least back when I heard things from towns. That when a traveling band of adventurers were moving around, they would have a name for their group, made it easier to announce their arrivals and easier to hire them for jobs. It's just something you should consider while you're on the road if you wanted to announce yourselves when you reach Antirian. But... That's up to you. If you choose not to, fine. But I believe as long as the day is young, it's not a bad idea for you all to hit the road while the sun is still high. You want to get as much ground under your feet before the sun falls below the mountain range again. If, if they kicked, well, more than kicked, but basically slaughtered most of your people. What are they going to do when people like us come rolling into town? Like, be Gurn, Shatten, we're not exactly common. I honestly couldn't tell you. But given your size, I, I don't think they're going to be rushing at you with swords and crossbows. At least not at first. Walk in with a smile on your face, and, well, 
don't be a two-foot-tall blue goblin, and you should be fine. I have reason to believe that the main reason they drove us out is they wanted to lay claim to what was in our caverns. They were miners, after all. I suppose as long as you don't try to lay claim to what they think is theirs, it should be fine. You were ran out by a bunch of human children? No, not that kind of miner. Miners, like digging for ore. Oh, my mistake. That's, that's quite all right, dear. I'm very used to making these kind of clarifications. After all, I did raise Gurn from the time he was, you know, only twice as tall as me. <laughs> there be a place in town where there's a fire going so we can cook some food before we leave. About how high is the sun in the sky at this point? Kent looks over at her and is like, Oh, don't worry. It's going now. Wonderful. Yes, the uh, the fires in the barn should be lit for cooking breakfast at this point. Thank you. Of course, Dan. Thank you. Thank you all for helping my son. And she turns to you, Vice. And helping us try to get our home back. Worst case scenario, we'll turn Gurn loose on them and you'll have an entire city to yourselves. I'm kidding, of course. No, you're not. <laughs> All jokes aside, that's, that's a lot of cleanup for us and I am an old lady at this point. But... No, not even the smallest part of me wants to see more bloodshed on this matter. If you can't convince them, it's it's fine. We'll we'll find a new home eventually. Something more accommodating than this mountain range. That was the word I was looking for. Accommodating. Thank you. Ah, of course, we can't can't all be literary geniuses, can we? She kind of chuck no, she she kinda of chuckles to herself. She knows full well that she's no genius. Alright. I think I think goodbyes have been said and we should not drag this out any longer. Go go cook your meats, vegetables, whatever you're cooking. Feel free to use the cauldrons. The Kint may be able to scrape up a few pans or something. Whatever you need. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you all. And she kind of waddles back. Begins. She she gives Gurn a big ass hug, and just kind of gracefully nods to each of you in turn, and walks back to her, or waddles back to her corner of the of this room, and begins to gather the cloth around her again as one of the goblins that had come in with Kint goes into the center of the room and starts, like, pulling logs out from underneath the piles of clothing and starts piling them on the ember bed trying to get the fire going again for her. 
Um, me? Yes, dear. Do you think I'll see you again? I certainly hope so, dear. I truly do. Actually, come here a moment. And Gern's going to rush to her side. She starts digging around in the pile of clothes in which she was sleeping. And she digs for for a moment, and, and she pulls something out. And she beckons for you to kneel down to her. Gets on both knees and bends his head down. Gern, my lovely boy, take this with you. And she places in your hand a small doll woven out of various colored silk cloths. But the head of the doll is a vibrant blue with strands of white string sewn into the top of it. Just in case, dear. This way I'll always be at your side. <laughs> Gern's going to tuck it into his shirt over his heart. Such a sweet boy. Your heart is as big as your head. But not nearly as empty, right? And she kind of pats <laughs> you on the shoulder. Oh, live your life with your new friends. Gurn will. For you. She kisses you gently on the cheek and lies down in, the, in her silks. And you all begin to exit the room. As you all exit off to the barn to cook your breakfast before you begin your travels, we will take our break. And we're back. So as the party has left Meme's household, and headed off to the barn to begin cooking foods for a hot meal before they begin their travel to the town to the south, seemingly called Antirian. What would you all like to do before you begin your trek? I feel like any direct personal interaction with Garn and amongst any of them was pretty deep in that last section, so there isn't going to be anything really in-depth with any of the other goblins. You had your moments with Meme and Kent, and Kent is accompanying you guys to the uh, to the barn. He's, uh, he's kind of hungry. So, he'll, he'll probably be with you while you're eating. Cook up the bear meat, and then I think I have a pound of it. Um, what do right. I have? Uh, one pound of bear meat cooked is about two days' rations. Alright. So if you want to add two two rations to your uh, inventory. 
any uh, sweets or treats being made? <laughs> Not that you can see. Most of what's being prepared right now is whatever leftover mammoth meat they had tucked away that you weren't able to find the night prior. Um, and whatever the uh, few scouts had found this morning. Unfortunately, you do recognize a couple of rabbit pelts thrown to the side and assume that some of the meat being cooked right now is rabbit. Um, not a whole lot for vegetables in this area. Mostly meat, mostly fats, broths, that kind of thing. Uh, you do see one thing that looks... A bit suspicious and smells kind of funky. And then you realize it's skunk. I'm not entirely sure how they got that up here, but they got a skunk. And as you're looking around at the various meat piles, uh, one goblin happens to walk by you and he smells awful. As he walks away, the smell doesn't quite fade. I'm gonna... Are there any extra water skins flying around? Or extra kinda? water skins? Yeah. Not that you can see rolling around. Or, mm. sir, you know, you don't see any thrown out. You know, out in the open. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to maybe find some that I can take with me. Okay. Then once if I do find any, I'm gonna fill them up with soup. Okay. As you're searching around, Kent, who has been watching you from the corner of his eye, notices you searching around. Hey, furry hop. What are you looking for? Uh, I'm looking for some uh, water skins. What's a water skin? It's uh. A leather bag used to carry water in that you can top off and seal. A leather bag, huh? Give me a few minutes. And he kind of runs off. And as you continue to search around, everybody is doing their thing. Moss is cooking up his bear meat. Ken comes running back in. and He's got an armful. And he hands out to you a handful of leather bags in different forms. A couple of satchels, a couple of coin purses, and one water skin. Any of this what you're looking for? I grabbed the uh, water skin. This will be perfect. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Do, do you want to trade for it? Oh, absolutely. Let's see what I got. And touch your ear again. Yes, you may. Awesome! And he just kind of throws his hand forward and just really gently caresses the fur on your ear. Oh, it's so soft. Yes, it thanks. is. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> and he kind of like scurries away and you catch him for half a second sniffing his fingers. We have to get out of here. We have to get out here soon. Um, I'm going to go ahead and fill up with some of the mammoth uh, broth. Okay. You know, Shatton, you guys make kind of a good-looking couple. 
don't. Don't even dare put that thought into anyone else's head. I mean, no, think, I agree with him. Think about the beautiful blue-furred babies. I'm sorry, but like half rabbit, half goblin, this horrible chimera with like one rabbit ear and just like this drooping eye down one side and like blue skin and blue fur and patchwork all over the body and just screaming, kill me, please. No, that's what Shatten would be screaming. Uncle <laughs> 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 <Uncle> Gurn. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got a water skin full of mammoth broth. Uh, it may not hold its temperature for very long, but you effectively have the starting of a good soup. And I believe a mammoth, or I believe a water skin holds like a gallon of water, gallon and a half. It's not a lot, you know. You got to figure it holds enough for like a day's water. I mean, it's effectively a canteen. So I'm going to go up to the uh, food and I'm going to grab a few pieces of mammoth meat to kind of store away as rations. Uh, two. Uh, like how how uh, well I, let me ask you this how big are they like how big are the pieces all kinds themselves? of sizes so I'm gonna grab two like porterhouse steak down to filet mignon <laughs> cut size not quality goblins ain't chefs I don't know two medium size like I don't know eight right, ounce if, if properly portioned taking two eight ounce mammoth steaks given your frame say three days rations okay that works because because you little that's that's fine i just want to make sure i'm covered with food wise um and then i'm gonna also top off my water skin with um some broth as well just because i'm realizing that my canteen is empty so fair enough John, did you find the capacity on a water skin? I saw you typing. Four liters. Four liters. Now, can we do that in the like freedom a, measurements, please? Uh, about a gallon and a half. About a gallon? About a gallon, yeah. Well, a big gallon and a half. I figure a two-liter bottle is like two-thirds the size of a gallon jug. Yeah, we don't measure in metric. Yeah, I could just as easily just fucking look it up. 1.05 gallons. Yep. 3.81 gallons, or liters to a gallon. Damn. You're good. Okay. I, so, yeah. A water skin. A water skin's about a gallon. Actually, it's 3.79. Sorry. Whatevs. Yeah, it was 0.02 gallons off. Fire me. It's about a gallon worth of broth that each of you have taken. Which is a good amount. If you ration it properly, it might last you a couple of days. It could last you three or four if you ration it very carefully. 
About how much mammoth meat do they have? Um... Probably another five or six pounds of it after what uh, what they've taken. Is there any other food for these goblins to be eaten? There, there are various small mammals that they've managed to hunt this morning that the scouts brought in. It seems like the mammoth was a lucky find, but they seem to be surviving off of whatever game they can find. So they seem to be basis. doing just fine. This is just kind of like yeah. a treat. Yes, the mammoth was... The mammoth was a stroke of serendipity granted upon them by a random trove of wandering adventurers. I'm going to take probably about a pound of mammoth meat and go to uh, Kent. Alright. After taking the meat. And I'm going to hand him four gold pieces and say to him I know they're not quite the same as the brass buttons you gave me before but if you shave them down and thread them into something they'll be the absolute shiniest buttons that you'll find on any gom That's really nice of Vice. I, um... I'll probably do that. Can't really use coins anywhere, but... Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I think it's time I made myself a new coat. And I'll use these. Poke a couple holes. Make some buttons. Should be awesome. Thanks, man. Absolutely. And I will go back to the party and go, I think full gold for a pound of mammoth meat is the most expensive I'd paid for any kind of meat in the past. The river outside the town, is that frozen over? Given the current temperature, it is mostly frozen at this point. Okay. Never mind then. Okay. I was going to try and do some spear fishing, but that's not really going to be. No, that, <laughs> that would not be feasible in his current <laughs> conditions. <laughs> would anybody else like to do anything? Mm, no, I am checking my backpack. Well, not my backpack, but my bag to make sure I have everything that I need before we start our journey. I'm making sure. Oh, sorry. Making sure I'm all bundled. And that's really what I'm doing. I'm just waiting for everybody else to finish up what they're doing because I'm about ready to go. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sander. Uh, how many rations would a pound of mammoth meat be? Uh, for someone of your frame three. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Moss. You had two pounds of bear meat. Yeah. Um. How many rations did I tell you to add? Two. It changed that to four. Okay. Figure an eight-ounce steak per day. Yeah. One eight-ounce steak portioned throughout the day. 
is, is, is a decent amount of food for any one person. Enough to get you by. Cool. I just and even even a even a reptile of your size can properly portion that. Plus, as a reptile, your metabolism is probably slower. Hmm. Not that we're getting too real into this. What is this communist Russia? Rabbit that eats that, meat. Saying that one eight-ounce steak is enough to hold you over. This is America. Thanks for doxing us, fucker. Oh yeah, hmm. the way we say about and and room don't dox us. It's the fact that I said we're American. All right. Your boot ready to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll pack the bear meat away and then grab like a bowl of whatever they have. Eat some of that. Feed Levi a little bit of it. And... Well, Levi very hesitantly sips at the broth, but he won't eat the meat. All right. So as you all begin, as you all have had your breakfast, partaking of the prepared warm foods, tightening up your newly acquired winter clothing, and begin to head out to the borders of the town, Kent walks alongside you. Kern, hang on, buddy. Yeah, Kent. Hang on, I, 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 want, I want to give you something. And he runs over to one of the houses on the border of the town. And he pulls aside a couple of the foundation stones. Takes him a minute, but he pulls them aside. And he reaches down and he drags out a knapsack. And he's not lifting it, he is dragging it. And you hear the clanging of metal from within. I was kind of figured you would, you know, leave, go out on your own. And, um, you know, we're, we're not allowed in towns, so we don't have use for this, but figure one day maybe you might. And, like, here, it's, it's more use to you than it is to us. And he kind of gestures for you to take the knapsack. Oh, okay. Just, just take it, buddy. It's, it's a good buy present. Gern picks it up. As you go to lift it, it is incredibly heavy. Absolutely incredibly heavy. And you lift the flap, and it is full of gold coins. Every time we found a wrecked caravan or a shipwreck, there's always coins in it. Always. But, you know, we, we can't really make the gold into anything and can't really trade, so it didn't do us any good. But, like I said, figure one day you would leave and go and explore the world and well people like money so here money um Gern will learn I'm sure you will buddy I'm sure your new friends will show you how how to use it 
Gurn love you, Ken. And... Gurn will... will come back. I know you will, buddy. I know you always come home. Even when you went up and made your little home up in the mountains. Which we didn't find out till yesterday was the cave. I swear I walked by that thing like three times. You you gotta go check it out. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You did you clean up after yourself? Um two two weeks. I'll hold my nose, but I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, I always know you're going to come home, no matter how long you're gone. You always come home, because you're, you're a good brother. I love you. Love you. Uh, Viking, if you would like to add 3,000 gold to your inventory. This bag is filled with a mixture of gold, platinum, silver, and copper. So however you would like to distribute the coins within your inventory, it totals about 3,000. Uh, just real quick, the PP after GP is platinum? Yes. How much is one platinum? They're 10 to 1. Every one of them 10 is 10 to 1. 10 to 1 all the way up. Just ignore Electrum. Electrum sucks. Yeah, we, do, we, don't, we don't pay attention to, to the EP. Electrum doesn't count. So it's 10 copper to a silver, 10 silver to a gold, 10 gold to a, a platinum. So 3,000 gold would be 300 uh, gold. 3,000 3, gold would be 300 platinum if you were to put it all in platinum. Yeah. And going down. All right. So 10 silver is one gold? Yes. Okay. Quite honestly, I think you should have like 30,000 copper. <laughs> it very well could be. <laughs> you gonna make it hail. Alright, you guys, you guys stay warm. I gotta go rotate memes cloths. You know, keep her warm, keep her clean. Make sure she keeps the red one. I'll make sure she keeps the red one, Gurn. Don't worry. You uh, might want to clean the red one first. He kind of leans over towards you, putting his hand to the side of his mouth. I gotta wait for the warm season when the river thaws. Hasn't quite reached us yet. But yeah, I'm definitely washing it. You guys be good to each other. Gurn, keep him safe. Everybody else, keep him safe. And hopefully we'll see you soon and in a better area. Keep Meme safe. I'll, I'll do my damnedest. She's, she ain't got many years left. And Kent bids you all farewell and turns to walk back towards the Graveyard home of Meme. Um, 30,000 copper, 2,000 silver, 1,500 gold, and 100 platinum. Well, 
30,000 copper is the 3,000 gold in total. Oh, shit. If you want me to, I'll break down something for you that includes all of it. I did that all completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, give gives Andy a minute and he'll he'll take care of it. Yeah, so as you, you all as you all turn to face the path ahead of you, it is a frozen wasteland bordered by tall ice-capped mountains. Patches of now frozen grass peek through the thinning snow as you know that you are reaching you you are at the southern point of the mountain range, though still in a very frigid area. Yesterday's warmer temperatures did allow for some of the snow to melt away only to refreeze during the night. Patches of ice coat the land. And I assume you all begin the first steps f- towards your truck. Yep. Yep. Okay. Gern's going to sit kind of in the middle of the pack now, because he's not leading. Right. So you guys are leaving. You woke up at dawn. Mental math, you probably left uh, early to mid-morning. It would not have taken you guys very long to get through all those interactions and such. So the equivalent of about 9 or 10 in the morning. That's what I consider mid-morning. So the sun has certainly risen. The brightness of it allows for some relief from the cold, although it is still a frigid and windy day. And you all travel for several hours. Very quiet. Not much for wildlife out here. The occasional bird flies overhead and then quickly turns around and heads back south. As you continue forward, your day is relatively quiet. I assume you guys are traveling throughout the day, or is there anything you would like to do during this time? I assume we're just traveling throughout the day. Yeah. Gern's going to be kind of on alert, always looking for small game, something that he could take out with a throw of a hand axe or a javelin, something of the sorts, just to keep food coming. Alright, uh, then for the day I'd like you to roll a survival check. Uh, 22. The 22, you, f- you do notice a couple of uh, small, like, winter foxes. You manage to see their outlines against the snow, their white fur. Um, a couple of, a, a good handful of rabbits at one point. No large game during this day. But if you, with a, with a 22, I will say that if you want to collect any of those for potential skinning and eating. I'd say throughout the travel, Garn takes two of them. The foxes or the rabbits? Uh, the fox. 
So for now, add two fox bodies to your inventory until you can properly prep them. All right. Um, are you going to yeah. fix the map or are you leaving it like this? This map is actually going to be a tracker for your current progress. Okay, and I just wasn't sure. Through the day. Because each hex on the overworld map represents half a day's travel. So in one day, with the right conditions, you can travel up to two hexes. Okay. And if you're following the path that Meme told you to take by traveling around the mountains as opposed to over them, is that it, I should probably ask, which path are you guys taking? Are you going over the mountains or are you going around them? I figured we'd follow Meme's instructions because it seems like that was the safest way to go. Unless you guys wanted to go the other way. I just... Yeah, I'd say it's probably better to follow the uh, path that was given to us around the mountains, considering they said that a bunch of them were killed in the mountains. So. And I mean, I know from Selene's perspective that she doesn't really want to go back up in the mountains again, because that was horrible. <laughs> so. <laughs> Certainly difficult travel. At least yeah. this is a bit more level. Yeah. While still an Arctic wasteland, it's 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 level. It's more tolerable. Eh, that's a matter of perspective. Uh, right, Moss? Yeah. Mm. All right. So at the end of your first day of travel... Gurn has managed to round up a small amount of game during your track. The day went by very quietly, and you begin to notice that the sun uh, is approaching the peaks of the mountain to the west, indicating that it will drop below the mountain range, and night will come soon. Well, I looked up uh, how much Arctic foxes weigh. And I would say I have about 20 pounds across the bodies, the two bodies. Between between both? Yeah. Now that's 20 pounds of meat or 20 oh, pounds of meat, bone, fur, and fat? Meat, bone, fur, fat. All so, right, so you're probably salvaging maybe six or eight pounds of meat. Because a lot of that weight's going to be in fur and bone. Yep. Yes, Sandy. Ern, are you ready for the amount of money you found? Um, yeah. Well, this is me telling telling you, Viking. Ern's ready? <laughs> <laughs> you found 1,850 copper pieces, 2,135 silver, 1,758 gold, and 101 platinum. It was a duffel bag, not a knapsack. Apparently. Well, if they've been collecting it from, like, every caravan, every shipwreck, there's going to be a lot of gold and silver. Oh, yeah. Not no, a ton of sure. platinum. This is, and not this a ton is of scavenged coin. This yeah. is absolutely a hodgepodge. It's not just 3,000 gold pieces and all they kept was the gold. This is every coin right. they found and gathered 
Yeah, I figure platinum's going to be more common on ships and caravans, but not like super common. And yep. you're not going to find a lot of copper just because it's not very weight uh, conducive it's to carry efficient. a shitload of copper. Right. Silver and gold's going to be a lot more common. Yeah, I got two rolls of pennies on my desk that I can't figure out what to do with. It's a lot of coins, and it's only worth a buck. I can tell you what to do with it. Hmm. It's not valuable copper. Put them in a tube sock, tie it off. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. So, night is approaching. We, I will attempt to find some shelter, if there is any to be had. I will help. All right. One of you roll survival at advantage, or both of you roll? I'll let Celine do it. Okay. Roll it. <coughs> English. Roll at advantage. I got a 22. With a 22, you are very confident that there are no viable shelters around you right now. However, there's a lot of open field as you approach the northern side of the southern mountain range. Plenty of places that would accommodate the tree. Alright. So after looking around, um, I'm going to turn back to Moss. So I'm not seeing any shelter. However, there is a field that might accommodate one of those magical tree things that you can grow if you have any left yeah yeah I've got some looks like we're gonna go that route then once we're ready to settle down I will plant one of the seeds alright uh, Shatton, you've been relatively quiet. Is there anything you wanted to do? Um, just, uh, she's watching the skies, making certain that nothing's gonna, you know, chase after her again. Every time she's out in the open, something's trying to eat her. <laughs> yeah, no, the only, you only saw one bird during the course of the day that was flying north, and then very suddenly turned south. And the assumption is it realized it went too far. But no, there you, there were no predators during this day. All right, so moss plants the seed. Yep. All right. As you lay the bright orange almond on the ground, it erupts into the tree you have now grown familiar with. The leaves and vines intertwine, creating a darkened dome Ugh. of warmth, dry air, and dry earth. And as the water seeps into the ground soaked up by the roots of the tree, you will find yourself standing on tall, lush grass. And as the temperature within the dome rises, you all breathe a sigh of relief, finally away from the cold arctic airs that have been blowing at you all day. Satin's going to uh, curl up in her uh, jacket and just go to sleep. I kind of have a 
question that could probably be stupid, but I don't know. Hit me up. I love stupid questions. <laughs> so, hypothetically, if I want to cook some of my rations and make a fire, I'd have to do that outside of the tree, right? Because if I do it in the tree, it's going to burn. You've never tried it, have you? No. That's why I'm asking. Because well, I don't want to... try. <laughs> I really don't want to try, and then now that happen. Alright, I guess I'll try to make a small fire inside of the dome. Okay, what are you using for firewood? Uh, I have... Oh, wait. Um... Well, I have... Does the tinderbox come with anything? Uh, a tinderbox is effectively a wooden box with a flint and steel and a handful of hay. It's intended for starting fires, not sustaining them. Okay. Um... Then, no, I don't, so never mind. I won't do that right now, then. Okay. Garn's going to kind of huddle himself up against the wall and put his back to everybody, and he's going to pour the coins out onto the ground and start arranging them into different piles. And kind of putting them color to color and he's making multiple stacks of them and then he scoops a bunch of them back up and puts them back into the pouch and stows it back away but there's still various piles of different colors of coins out where he's doing this and uh He's going to beckon, turn back to everybody and... <clears throat> Come! Beckon everybody to gather around. I'm going to walk over Those to of Gern. you without dark vision heard Gurn say this. Gurn, I must say, the interior of the dome is pitch black unless somebody has provided light. Dark vision does not provide an ability to see color. In the dark, you see in black and white. I wouldn't be able to match the different coins together based on how I see them. You... Shapes. Shapes, yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, the, the various coins and their values are cut to different shapes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you'd be but matching well, shapes... But That's those of you I'm without doing. dark vision suddenly hear Gurn grunt and call for you to come in the direction of his voice. Vice will stand up, journal in hand, and walk over. Yeah, I'll go over too. And cast dancing lights using his other hand. There it is. <laughs> you just stole my idea. I was about to do the same thing. <laughs> you can both do it. We have I'd, I'd, sh I'd shoot your dancing lights out of the sky. <laughs> you can try. Pale yellow and, and, and soft blue dancing lights duking it out in the sky in the dome. <laughs> it 
It's a, it's a dog fight using dancing lights. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. It's firing sparks. <laughs> as it as it lights up, and you guys get a little bit closer, you see on the ground four stacks of ten platinum each, four stacks of a hundred gold each, four stacks of two hundred silver and four stacks of 200 copper pieces each all kind of like stacked up in their own little piles next to each other these from Ken he gave me a bunch I give you you show me how you want to learn how to count um, I, those, those stacks look pretty even. I think he might know how to count. I think oh, he might... I meant like I meant like the value of the coins themselves. Like learning how to count the value of the coins. Oh, not not the yes. I, I realize he can count by the stacks. I realize I see that. It's just like counting the value in all of all of that. <laughs> or, or do you need us to like teach you how to use it yeah and each is for you here Gern picks up one of the stacks so 10 platinum 100 gold 200 silver and 200 copper and he forces them into Vice's hands they spill out of your hands as that is a huge amount of coin well buddy I thank you but I would teach you for free with no money no coin no this for us but that's yours <laughs> sorry Why don't you, uh, hold on to mine for now? But if I need it, I'll let you know. Gurn's gonna turn, snap his head. Dead eye contact with you. No! Yours! I don't think this is optional. Kind of looking that way. Just for funsies. Gurn, roll intimidation. <laughs> 20, 17 plus 3. Yeah. This, this, this really doesn't seem like a like it's optional. Uh, well, I guess. Thank you, then, Gern. No, thank <laughs> And immediately, the intimidation is diffused. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an innocent laugh. 
on such a frightening body. I don't know about you guys, but not really looking forward to going into a town that just slaughtered thousands of goblins just because they wanted what they had. I think that it was more of a show of force than uh, a sign that they're not friendly to travelers. Uh, I don't think that the tribe were a violent people or the type to even stand up to that display of force, but I definitely think that that was more of an intimidation factor than an attempt to exterminate them. I mean, why would you let any escape if you wanted to exterminate them? By accident? Yeah. I kind of have a problem with things that come in and wipe out entire towns. I understand. Well, perhaps while we're there, we can try to figure out exactly what happened and see if we can't um, get the goblins to be able to come back. That's the plan. We'll attempt to find out what happened. We'll attempt to discuss with people uh, any officials or uh, city leaders or potentially even or ending even whoever might be in charge of the mines and tunnel system there and the security of it we will discuss with them the potential of having the goblins come back and if they're open to the idea of it then we can relay that back to them however I do think that it's going to be a almost a, a quid pro a quid pro quo a situation where the goblins will have to offer something for them to be accepted back and I don't know what we could tell them that the goblins offer um, without revealing where the goblins are say if you were to tell them that they'd be able to come back with lost caravan goods or shipwreck goods that hit the the coasts up near Glacius Maw and Glacius Spine that would kind of tell the town where they were. That's what I'm trying to figure out is how can we provide just enough insight as to how the goblins could help the city without revealing where the goblins are and putting them in jeopardy. When we when we get to the town Maybe at night I can sneak in and gather information. That's why we don't go in completely blind. Find out what they want before we uh, say anything. I mean, I feel like we could do that just by existing as regular people. Rather than having to sleuth around. Right, because... A, a six-foot turtle is regular people to them. Have you been there? I know. It's been 25 years since the goblins have been there. Potentially all the humans are gone and it's all inhabited by turtles. 
We don't know. Well, I did actually have an idea regarding possibly not revealing where the goblins are. What if we made a deal where they would be willing, the goblins would be willing to give goods or whatever to them, but instead of revealing where they are, we could say that we can go get it and then bring it back. And basically we'd be the middleman so that goblins aren't revealed. So we want to be a middleman between the goblins and the city or Well, I'm just trying to think of a way that we could I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Um establish peace on both sides. I don't think you'll get a, a war from the goblins. Well, no, I know the goblins won't cause war. I'm more concerned about humans possibly holding a grudge, but it's also been 20 years. Perhaps it's not like that anymore. We don't know. Exactly. Which is why we just think about... I'm going to think about how we can negotiate something without putting anyone's life at risk. And that's what I'm trying to figure out as well. A way to safely do this without causing any harm or anything. Um, Gurn can kill fast. Let's use that as a last case scenario. I agree. Well, I like that idea, but we'll save that for at a later time at some point. But, I, I don't know if you heard Gern, but Meme said she didn't want any more bloodshed, so she didn't want people hurt. Um, what Meme can't see can't hurt her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair, and there's a lot of things she can't see. She'll know. True. While, while Gurn kills fast, does Gurn clean fast? Two, three weeks. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my Don't. god. Don't think it's right that they get to kick out an entire tribe of people. No, and, and that's then... understood. That's I agree as well. But they have to come back and beg to be let back in. They're not begging. They're not begging. Well, like me and Vice were also talking about, though, it's been 20 odd years. Perhaps things have changed, and perhaps we can help with that change if we need it. You know, I might have an idea, but this idea will only work once we see those tunnels and caves. I've got to think about it. Well, we have plenty of time to think about it before we get there. 
Well, the thinking really comes with seeing the caves. That's but fair. If it lines up correctly, it might work perfectly. <laughs> Just leave the convincing to me, and I think I think it'll work. And then again, worst case scenario, Gurn just goes ballistic. Yeah, last resort. <clears throat> okay. I don't normally like killing people, but this time you might have some help. What is the thing? If you kill a killer, there's the same number of killers? Yeah, is that the is that the idea? If you kill a lot of them. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, those of you that have been around Moss for a little bit, you have never seen him this angry before. Or angry at all. Mm hmm. That and uh this puts her paw on his hip on his uh and it's okay. We'll figure out something. Like they I said. Oh. In some form or another. Like I said, I think I have a plan. We just need to see the caves. We need to see what's in them. We might have a way to get the goblins back in without any bloodshed. Definitely worth a shot. Um, I'm going to turn to Moss. And... Yeah, I don't know Moss very well, but... Seeing him very angry over this is... Intriguing is the wrong word, but I, I can't think of a better word. You know, Moss, you seem very upset over this whole situation when you've only known the goblins for maybe two days. It makes me wonder potentially if this has to do with something else going on. Let's just say I can kind of relate to having The only place you've ever known taken from you. That's understandable. Well, I'm here if you ever need to talk. I know I can't relate, but I'm here to lend an ear. Uh, I appreciate that, and if it ever gets to a point where I feel comfortable talking about it. I'll let you know. Of course. So I'm going to... I don't know. Make my way over to... Not really a corner, but... One of the er other areas. And I'm going to go into my meditation. So I can That's start resting. Same. Please, find a corner of this circle. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find a corner of the circle. 
Gurn's gonna find his spot. Kind of sprawl his stuff out. Underneath him, using it kind of like pillows, just keeping it close. But not on his person. And, uh... <clears throat> Gurn, go to sleep. Gurn. Gurn, thank you all. And that he's going to nod his head and close his eyes and settle in. Anything else like to be done before we settle in for a long rest? Uh, Moss would like to, uh, <clears throat> Moss would like to wait till Shatten goes to sleep. Okay. And then if Let me see if you'll let me do this. Can I roll insight on Shatna of what she might have possibly put in that bag? Yes. <laughs> Moss knows Shatna very well. Uh, a crit for a 22. <laughs> you know that she put bits and bobs and things to prank Vice with. I'm sorry, it's a bag of holding. Without knowing what's in it, you can't know what's in it. And without yeah. like rummaging through her inventory, you'll never know what she put in it. No, just being around Shatten for long enough, just like kind of thinking what she might possibly have put in there to prank Vice with. Yeah, but uh, uh, you assume she put potatoes in there. I mean, what have you in the? Like, I'm literally looking at the calendar right now. In the about two weeks that you guys have known each other, yeah, or known that you and Shatten have known Vice, you guys, you've played a couple of minor pranks on each other and made a couple of jokes at each other's expense. There's not enough history there to really know what she put in. Yep. And... Besides, you, you you heard Joseph. The things that he put in that bag are nothing he's ever used before to play a prank on Vice. Yeah. If there was some history to that, yeah, I'd, I'd give it to you, but... Alright. My inventory real quick. Alright, uh, since the others have gone to sleep, Vice, anything you'd like to do? Can I see the chat is asleep? Uh, roll perception. I assume with your dancing lights. I think I can see. Pretty sure I can see. It's a... Dirty 22 with a natural 20 kicker. Yeah, that helps. So you managed to move one of your dancing lights to just the edge of her body. You peer around and you see that her face is still, her eyes are closed, and her little whiskers are twitching. And you'll assume at this point that she is fast asleep. Yeah, I see that Moss is still awake, rummaging through a bag. 
Go. Most likely, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna pull pull the dancing light back and hold it in my hand, like in his line of sight, and cover it partially with one hand and then let it back down, like let my fingers back down and just kinda like do that just to signal his attention. And then beckon him over. The vice wow. just flashed too. <laughs> nice. I liked what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go over to just talk to Vice. Uh, in a in a quiet tone, but I'm not going to speak quietly so the microphone can pick it up. So here, and Vice is going to reach into into his bag and hand uh, Farthus's journal back to Moss. Thank you. Of course. There's a uh, there's a couple interesting entries in there. Um, if you can find time, I would read through it. Um, there's not really anything that I found that would be something that I personally would relay back to Shatten. Um, mainly because there's nothing really in there uh, at least nothing that I read that was something that would bring her ease um, maybe I missed something maybe I missed the way that he thought the way that he wrote because uh, I didn't know him nearly as long as you guys um, but if you don't find anything yourself I think it would be best to maybe fabricate something just to bring some ease to her say that you know, he'd never had friends like you guys before he'd never felt that close to somebody never felt you know as warmly accepted as he did with you two because I know she's extremely torn up by the fact that he's gone so it's just something to think about Thank you, Vice. Absolutely. Can I roll insight on Moss to see if maybe I picked up, and I know it's a late roll, but maybe I picked up on some sort of like close hit to home with the goblins and him? I mean, go ahead. That might not do it. It's so late. Um, but it is a 19. Alright. Uh, Moss, with a 19 on Insight, how uh, how well do you think Vice would have perceived that you had a more personal connection to the plight of the goblins? Probably pretty well. So... What what strikes a chord so close, Moss? Was it friends, family, neighboring tribe, your tribe, village? What happened? I was I was out 
collecting some things for my mother's stew that she liked to make and when I came back they had slaughtered everyone everyone in the town some would say you're lucky but I'm not some I can't imagine living as a sole survivor father and our neighbor were out fishing but they never came back so I don't know maybe maybe he's still out there he's saying I'm sorry for your loss for the weight that you carry isn't going to make a damn bit of difference but I am I can't imagine the burden you carry every day appreciate it. I think I'll just go get some sleep. Might not be the worst idea. Muscle. When he lays down this time, he'll try and make sure the bag of holdings more protected. Okay. <clears throat> so you dig a little hole, push away some grass, dig a little hole, place the bag of holding in it, and then lay on top of it before you go inside your shell. Yep. Yeah. And Vice, I assume you'll be going to bed? Um, I'm going to write in my journal for a little bit, and then I'll go to sleep. As the party hunkers down, warm, comfortable, a soft bed of grass to lay upon, with a few days' journey ahead of them towards what is now the human town of Antirian. We will close tonight's session. <laughs>